Southeast Mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs, presents the official podcast of Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. On today's program, we'll give you the latest news from the world of University of Georgia Athletics and more. And now, from the broadcast studios of Dogs on Demand, here's your host, Chris Hall. All right, Chris Hall right. here for Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Good to have you with us today, and it's good to have Tim Worley with us. Now, of course, Tim played for the University of Georgia. As we say, Tim, this was back in the day, you know, 1985 to 1988. That's not that far, you know, too many years ago. Had a great career at the University of Georgia, All-American, rushed for 2,038 career yards uh, while he was uh, while you were at the University of Georgia. Went on to be uh, to play in the NFL, the seventh overall pick in the 1989 NFL draft. Played for the Steelers, went on to the Bears. Uh, great career. And Tim, it's good to have you with us on our program today. We're going to talk a little X's and O's today, and uh, talk a little bit about the University of Georgia football team. So welcome to our program today. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited about it. Yeah, uh, it, it's good to have you with us. <clears throat> now, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, I, I know you're still a dog. You, you're you're faithfully in, uh, faithful in watching the dogs and keeping up with the dogs and, and what's happening with the University of Georgia. And, you know, I, I've had the privilege of talking to a lot of the former players from the University of Georgia. And uh, it, one of the questions I, I like to ask you guys, because it's fascinating to me, as you watch the University of Georgia win the national championship last year, knowing your investment in in the program and knowing your investment at the University of Georgia, what it was what was it like for you to see Georgia win it all last year? Uh, that, what were your emotions? Well, uh, my my emotions was very strong and to the point of almost tears when um, the vet, the, vet, the last few seconds rolled off the clock against Alabama last year in the national championship and. Um, I um I got invited to watch it at several different places. I didn't attend the game, but I wanted to watch it in private because I wanted to be able to, if I got upset, I wanted to be able to, uh, you know, let it out and not grab anybody. You know what I mean? But it was so exciting because it's been a long time coming and those guys deserved it. I mean, the way they played, um, just the defense that whole season. And uh, I'm a true believer that, you know, great defenses win uh, championships. You know, and when you have a great offense, you can win a lot of games, but it takes that defense that wins championships. And they put it all together, man. And it just, uh, it was just exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, w- I watched it at, at, at my house with my wife uh, for the same reason. You know, I get involved in these games now. You know, I sit on my recliner <laughs> and I coach the entire game, you know, and I tell them what to yeah. do. My dear bride will tell me, you know, they can't hear you, right? <laughs> that's what we do. We get invested in it, you know, and we enjoy it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I was right there with you. It was it, a dog fan from many years ago. In fact, kind of date myself a little bit. I remember when Wallace Butts was the coach at the university. Oh, my goodness. So that, well, oh, I'm, wow. I'm way back yonder. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it was great to see uh, Georgia win the national championship. Last year. Now we've turned a page to this year, 
And, uh, you know, Georgia's number one, ranked number one in the country in the college football playoff rankings and in uh, all of the polls. And, uh, of course, we've been watching this team very, very closely. And last Saturday's game against Tennessee, uh, you know, we were there. We, uh, we were in the stadium. And, my goodness, what an atmosphere for a college football game. But, uh, you know, as I reflect on this team this year, you know, last year uh, there were 15 players drafted all, uh, to the NFL off of that team last year. But I, I have it in my heart that actually this year's team, in many respects, is better than last year's team. I, I, what do you think about that? Well, I um, I said something similar to that. I said Georgia's not going to miss a beat. They're, they're losing a lot. You know, you had five guys drafted in the first round on defense alone. Yeah. And then you had, like you said, you had a total of 15. But, you know, those guys that were waiting, you know, they were prepared. You know, and I just see, to me, it looks like the defensive front that we had that was so well, it looks like to, like to me they're, they're, they're just as fast. Yeah. You know, they're just as aggressive. Um, and you can tell that Kirby, Coach Smart, has really got them coached up where they're all students of the game. Everybody looks like they know what they're doing. So um, I just think that, you know, I think it's on the same level. I, I really don't see no drop-off. So that's what excited me about the defense. and. The offense, I think the offense looked better this year yeah. than it did last year because Stetson, man, he out the gate, his confidence was up, especially against the Oregon game. I was at the Oregon game. Right. And his confidence is way up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's amazing. And, of course, it's a testament to the recruiting prowess of Kirby Smart and the University of Georgia. They just keep reloading and keep reloading. And Jalen Carter. Uh, he was a game changer in that game last week, uh, you know, against Tennessee. He, he was just a game changer. Uh, he, he, you, you can, he's a dominant player in that middle. But that's, this yeah. defense, it's kind of interesting that the defense is actually a young defense. Now, you've got some, yeah. you know, Nolan Smith's a senior, and bless his heart, he's injured, and, uh, he, you know, he won't be playing with Georgia for the rest of the year. But, you know, it's a young defense. That's got to be scary. For the for the rest of the SEC and for the rest rest of the country, <laughs> and then you're going to pile on the number one recruiting class in the country coming in, you know, for the uh, next recruiting cycle. Uh, just from your perspective, how does Georgia do that? How do how does Georgia just continue to recruit on this this level? It's amazing, isn't it? Yes, it is amazing. It's like they said, you know, like it's been said, winning is contagious. And uh, once you get a taste of it, you don't you don't accept anything less. And, um, you know, I, I look at Alabama and, and the way Nick Saban was able to put things together and and build that program there. And, you know, Coach Smart, you know, he was he was a part of that defense and he was a defensive coordinator for Bama. So I feel like he brought the same mentality, you know, uh, to the University of Georgia. But I think a step a step better. You know what I mean? And Kirby can relate the, just the way he's able to coach the guys. He understand the guy. And the most important thing, Coach Smart played the position. Yeah, he was a, he was a tough defensive guy. He was a student of the game, and he actually is instilling that same mentality into these players. And I'm the type of guy I love a defensive mind head coach. Right. That was that. Yeah, because in high school I played both ways. I played strong safety linebacker. And uh, tailback every once in a while, but um, but I love a defensive mind coach, you know. So yeah, yeah man, they're, they're doing a great job. Uh, absolutely marvelous. Now you know at, at the University of Georgia, you were a thousand yard rusher. You know your senior year, you had over a thousand yards. 
Uh, you know, you look at the offense for the University of Georgia, Stetson, just an amazing story. I mean, just an amazing story. And I keep saying somebody's going to make a movie about this dude, especially if Georgia wins it again. I mean, really. Uh, but Stetson Bennett, statistically, he's just, you know, he's right there with all of the so-called top quarterbacks of the country statistically. But if if you look at the backfield uh, for Georgia, mm -hmm. You know, will there ever be another thousand yard rusher for the University of Georgia? Because you've got these backs rotating in and out, which is good. I mean, it keeps them fresh and, you know, it's kind of saves them for, you know, the NFL, but that's not what's on the mind of the, the offense. But it, they, you have these stable of running backs now. And do you th right. ever think we'll see another thousand yard rusher at the University of Georgia? I, I mean, it's possible because, you know, when you look at uh, Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb, you know, they rotated, they split time, and they were both close to a 1,000 yards apiece. Right. But, you know, you got to look at the way the game is played today. You know, the splits are wider now. Uh, it's a spread offense, and uh, the passing game uh, basically dominates football now, right. where it was once the running game. But when you can balance it out with both, and see, I don't think we'll ever see again because the game is so faster now. We'll, we'll never see again um, – you know, that big tailback lined up at eight yards deep and getting the ball 30 to 35 times a game. Um, I think that's over, even though I would love to see it because it was the way I was taught. It was old school football. And, you know, we knew how to plant that foot and get uphill, get downhill, you know, real quick. Right. But um, I, I still love the game. Um, there are some things that I would like to see remain old school, but unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. Um <laughs> You're not even able to, you know, like like I, I tell guys all the time, hey, man, back in the day, we can hit people in the mouth, knock them out, <laughs> and, and we got rewarded for it. We didn't get penalized. But yeah, I understand yeah. the safety of the game now, considering all the concussions and stuff. But uh, I wouldn't change a thing. If I had a chance to get back in there, field today, I probably wouldn't be playing a little because I would be too rough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, the USFL's still in business, Tim. I mean, you, you got you got some tread on the on the tires there, son. So, uh, oh no, don't let don't let the smooth taste fool you. A lot of people say, "Man, you look like you can still play." Yeah, my my heart says yes, but my body says heck no. I understand. <laughs> I understand completely. Uh, so, uh, Georgia now, you know, nine and zero, number one team in the country. By the way, speaking of how things used to be, uh, just w what is your opinion on the? The NIL stuff, you know, the transfer portal, uh, it's wow. it's a new world in college football. I, you know, just, you know, being a player from the 80s, what, yeah. what, is, what is your opinion on that kind of thing? Well, immediately when you hear it, you want to say, man, why didn't they do that when we were back, you <laughs> yeah. know, when we were back playing, you know? But, you know, when it comes down to it, I do a little research, I do a little history. And I I mean, I, I, I want to give thanks to, Brian Bott, the Boz, you know, back yep. in 87, 86, 87, when he was the first person to put that into play and right. he got penalized for it. But, you know, the time wasn't right. So now you're seeing there's so much money generated in college football, especially the SEC. You know, that's why everybody want to come to the SEC. But there's so much, so much money generated that something needs to take place, you know, because the kids, you know, we get we get scholarships. But a lot of the kids that you see with these poor scholarships, they're coming from one parent home and the parents don't really have a lot of money. So, you know, we're taking good care of. But here's the thing, Bill. I'm the type of guy and I'm old school and a lot of people might not agree with me and some people will, but I'm a basic fundamental guy. 
And I just believe that amateur sports should remain amateur sports right. because you're taking the next level uh, mystery out of things. You know what I mean? And um, when you when you bring these when you bring these young men in or young women, whatever the case may be, because it's all across the board, not just one sport, football. Right. But but you know, I remember how I was thinking when I was 18 years old, 19 years old. And could you imagine? You know, having, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in my bank account at 19. You yeah. know what, Bill? I wouldn't be alive today. Yeah. You know, think about it, man. Yeah. Because because, you know, I look at I look at some of the choices that I made, you know, when I came into the millions of dollars as a first round pick for the Steelers. I was 22 years old. I didn't know anything about life. I just knew I had a pocket full of money. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so I made a lot of mistakes with that. And that's what scares me about this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you hope, you know, that. And I'm sure it's happening, but you, you hope there's there's a lot of instruction now to players about okay mm -hmm. now you're about to get some money and you've never seen this kind of money and let us help you to have an idea of how to be financially responsible and you know and I I, I certainly in fact I was speaking to one of the staff members for the University of Georgia and that was exactly his concern that now this money's coming into young people's hands. And they, they really need to know how to handle it or it can be a lot of trouble uh, for right. And, and yep. so, uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I understand your perspective and I get that perspective a lot from former players. They like it, but it does concern them. Uh, right. And, and right. but it here, it's here to stay. You know, the transfer, yep. portal, it's here to stay. NIL is here yep. to stay. In fact, one of the top recruits, uh, high school recruits in the country now has an agent and has an NIL deal. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a high schooler. He's a high schooler. So, you know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Uh, it is. And it's, I was going to say, it's just, it's, it's, it's dangerous. It's a good thing, but it's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. But, yeah. you know, you can't really have that. But I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how it's all going to pan out. Yeah. Uh, now, we were on the field for the uh, game against Tennessee, you know, call the game of the century. Georgia winning it, of course, 27 to 13. <clears throat> and it was a madhouse. I, you know, and I, I was sitting on there on the sideline, and I was watching the guys warm up and, you know, get ready for this game. What is that, from a player's perspective, I thought about this, what is that like when you have 93,000 fans in the stands and they're going to go crazy and you hit 139 decibels on the sound meter, you know, which wow. is equal to an aircraft, uh, airplane uh, taking off from an aircraft player, uh, carrier. Yeah. For a football player on the field, yeah. You're in the you're on the field and you're playing. What is that like? <laughs> what is I I tell you, Bill, is uh I've been asked that question millions of times, and I have no words of for it because it's supernatural. And it's like a it's a high that you cannot experience in anything else. And um, you know, what do you do when that cheering stops? You know what I mean? Like that when you're used to that week in and week out, especially for a game like they played last week. Um, you know, if you cannot, as an athlete, as a football player or any sport, if you cannot get up to, to your best level of play, when you hear stuff like that, then you don't need to be in that sport. You don't need to be in that, in that, yeah, in that sport. But, uh, it is something that I've tried to explain, but I can't, yeah. I can't. It's something that I, the only way, the, only, the closest thing that I've experienced to anything like that. And mountaintop experience and how like that is my relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the closest thing. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. I, I yes, sir. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, now, man. 
Georgia turns the page now. You know, that Tennessee game's over. Now you got to hit the road in the SEC. Yeah. And I don't care if you're playing Vanderbilt or whoever. Road games in the <laughs> SEC are tough. The last, you know, road game that Georgia had in the SEC was against Missouri, and Missouri almost took Georgia out. So yeah. you're so Georgia's now traveling to Mississippi State. Here comes the Cowbells, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. Uh, it'll yeah. be 7 o'clock Saturday night. Uh, and and so after the high of the Tennessee game, you know Mississippi State is a quality program. Now they don't have the personnel that Georgia has, but you never know in the uh, in the SEC. So right. how does how does Kirby Smart negotiate that? Now he's a master at this, I think. But how do you negotiate well, that? Okay, we've won this game. We're number one, but guys don't even think about that. Just the focus right. now is on Mississippi State. How, how does a team refocus after a game like uh, the Georgia-Tennessee game? Well, um, I think Kurt, Coach Smart is very, very excellent at getting the guys prepared mentally and physically. And um, I, I do know that, you know, from my perspective, you know, when you win a big game like that, sort of like the uh, – uh, Georgia-Florida game 85 when we beat the number one Gators, you know. Um, hey, you, you had know, a you great celebrate. game in that game. You had a great <laughs> game in that game, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, but you celebrate. You're excited. You celebrate. But uh, after that day is over, you celebrate for 24 hours. After that is over, prepare for the next, you know. I'm the type of person, I don't care. I tell people, I don't care if I was playing Clark Central High School in Athens. I'm not going to take my foot off the gas, right. you know. And I just believe that these guys are so prepared mentally and they know what they're doing. They're in sync that, that they're not going to take their foot off the gas because number one, I felt like nationally the Bulldogs were disrespected right before yes, the Tennessee game. Yeah. Very disrespected. And you know, the, they moved, they got moved from number one to number three. You know what I mean? And I think it took, that was, they took that personal. And when you look at it, Bill, those guys played angry from the jump, especially yes, that defense, man. Yes, and they feel like even though they're number one, they're humble enough to still feel like they have something to prove. And if you're going to take it, it's got to come through Georgia. It's right. got to come through the Georgia Bulldogs if you're going to beat anything in college football. Yeah, and right. it made me upset. I was like, I was a little bit po myself. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't very happy about it myself. You know, <laughs> but, but then you have SEC coaches out there saying. Hey, you know, Tennessee's going to put 50 points on Tennessee and you, all the ESPN guys picking Tennessee and and that kind of thing. And Georgia did play angry. Georgia, especially yep. that defense, uh, they felt disrespected. Yep. Why is it, yep. why is it do you think? And I've, I say, you know, I had a little live thing last night on our uh, one of our social media pages. And I, I, why is it that Georgia gets disrespected constantly? We were disrespected last year when we won the national championship and it's continued yep. into this year. What is it? Why, why does that happen, do you think? Well, uh, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, he's the king and everybody just disrespect him. But uh, I'll make that analogy. I just feel like, you know, number one, uh, Georgia has the number one uh, traveling fans in, in, the, in, in the world, I think, in college football in the United States. And we support our, our team very well everywhere we go. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the mascot, he's like the number one mascot. But see, Bill, when you're the best, you're always going to have what I call haters. Right. You're going to have always, always have what I call the naysayers. You know, we got the best colors. And, and I'm being a little biased right now, but we got the best colors. We got the red and silver britches, you know, and we got to. 
And, you know, and, and I think we got the prettiest women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree with you. OK. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, but, you know, I think I just believe that, you know, nobody wanted to see us do it. And we did it. We fought through the adversity when Alabama beat us in the SEC championship last year, you know, and we got kind of got embarrassed. We didn't look prepared. But and they thought they were going to do the same thing. But we came back and we played. We played our hearts out in the national championship. And, you know, I just feel like a lot of people are thinking now that, you know, all the guys that got drafted, there's a drop off. And like you said, I think we're even better now because there's a better mentality. There's a better understanding mentally. Those guys know what they're doing out there and you can see them communicating together. And like I said, you're going to have to come through Athens. You're going to have to go through the Georgia Bulldogs to knock us off the throne. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Hey, I think maybe one of the best things to happen to Georgia was the fact that they did go from number one to number three before the Tennessee game. That was an yes. added motivation, you know, yes. for uh, the game on Saturday. Now, if Georgia beats Mississippi State, they're 16-point favorite. If they beat Mississippi State, they're the uh, champions of the SEC East, and we fully expect that to happen. But on the other side, you know, here we mm -hmm. go, Alabama with two losses. LSU has, you know, they, they've got their own destiny in their hands, but you got Ole Miss out there, and then you got Al, uh, you, you've got LSU traveling to Arkansas to take on Arkansas this week, and you have right. Alabama traveling to Ole Miss. Uh, the, the SEC West is kind of topsy-turvy. Who would you like to see Georgia play in the uh, SEC championship game? I would like to see Georgia play LSU. Since LSU beat Alabama, I would like Georgia to play LSU because, number one, I'll never forget the SEC championship game uh, back in 2000. We played L um, we played LSU. I think Todd Gurley was was still there, yep. and uh, they embarrassed us. That's when they had the uh, the uh, the Honey Badger. Well, uh, I forget his name. He was playing then, and they embarrassed us, man. Yeah, they, they really embarrassed us. So I would love a rematch in that conference championship. So I'm prepared for that. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I'm right there with you. So, you know, I, we anticipate Georgia will make the college football playoffs. Uh, who would you like to see in the playoffs? Uh, that, that for, okay. What would be your top four teams in the playoffs? Okay. All right. I'll tell you what. This is my – I'm going to tell you something right here because this is very prophetic what I ran to the All other right. day. I'm ready. I was, in a, I, was at a, I was at a place. I was at a store. I was doing a little bit of shopping, and I ran into a gentleman and his wife, older gentleman. They're from Ohio. Right. The yeah. guy had on the Buckeye shirt, Ohio State. Right. And he saw my Georgia hat and we just kind of started talking. Right. And uh, for you know, it, we're taking pictures and stuff. And his wife took a picture of us together. He had on the Buckeye shirt. I had on the Georgia gear and I predicted Georgia, Ohio State playing for the national championship. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, that's good. what I see. I mean, you know. Jim Harbaugh, you know, I played with Jim in Chicago. He was my quarterback in 93 with the Bears. But I just think that Ohio, you know, they've, they've proven themselves a little bit. You know, they've, they've fought adversity this year. Several times they came back. And I just feel like they're, they're – um, right now to me, Georgia's number one. Ohio State's number two. I would put Michigan at number three. And the way Notre Dame is playing right now, they should be number four. Oh, really? and, I mean, I don't know – I don't know. Um, I mean, they blew Clemson out. And then I'm like, wow. And um, um, LSU, you know, you got to put them up there because LSU, no matter what, you know, Alabama is Alabama. And when you beat Alabama, it's a big deal. Those guys have proven themselves for over 12 years now. 
And so it's always a great thing to beat them. So I would put LSU at number five. Yeah, isn't college football fun? I mean, it's it it's, is so much fun. So much fun. And then we may, we go to twelve playoff teams, and that's Lord. that's going to be a mind blowing <laughs> thing, you know. Well, uh, Tim uh, Worley is with us here on our program. Well, Tim, of course, you you had a great career, at Georgia, played in the NFL. Tell us about what's happening with Tim Worley these days. What's going on with well, you? Well, well, today I'm in ministry. I am an evangelist. Um, I get an opportunity to travel the country. Um, 75% of the time I'm, I'm spending fellowship, spending a lot of time encouraging the youth, but also get a chance to speak and preach, teach in churches, uh, all around the country. And God is just opening me up to so many things now because, you know, I, like you, I, I've been saved for a long time, but you know, it was just uh, a couple of years ago that I actually Bill fell in love with Jesus. Yeah. And so there's a different there's a higher level of understanding now and what my purpose is, what I'm supposed to be doing in the earth, my assignments, and to reciprocate that same love and that, that God has given me. And, um, you know, with some of the things that, that he's actually helped me to tap into some of the things that he put in me that I didn't know I had in me. I thought my only identity was an athlete you know, because I really didn't know what to do with myself after I retired from the Bears and football was over. And like I said earlier, what do you do when the cheering stop when you don't prepare for life? And it took me a while to make that transition into a normal lifestyle. So now me walking with Christ, I tell people all the time, I'm 56 years old now. I'm more focused now than I ever was in my entire life. And I ever was as a, as a running back at Georgia or running back in high school. I'm more focused now mentally, spiritually than I've ever been in my life. And it's all because of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm in love with him. Amen. Uh, Tim, that's great. Uh, and listen, you and I need to get together now. We need to fellowship yes, together and, uh, and, and have a good time uh, together. We share a lot. In, now, I didn't play football, uh, but I love <laughs> football. So we can talk about football and the Lord and uh, just have a great time together. We can go fishing. We can go yeah, crappy fishing. Let's, let's do it. I play <laughs> golf every now and then. Do you ever hit that's, Bill, that's, listen, I gave up my motorcycles, okay? Uh-huh. And I... Fish and golf. That, that that's my top two uh, uh, hobbies. I fish and golf. I look for opportunities to go golfing all the time. I keep them in my car. Yeah, I will, <laughs> listen, we'll, we'll get together and do that. In fact, let's find a yes, golf sir. course that has some fishing ponds on it, and we can do both <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think. I think. You know, when I signed with Georgia, when I committed to Georgia, um, I remember I was down at Jekyll Island and. Uh, I was down there and playing, trying to play golf. I really didn't play when I was a teenager, and I didn't understand it, but I love it now. But, you know, we were we were on the course, and I remember just looking at these big 8-, 10-pound bass in the little ponds around the course, you know what I mean? And, yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't dare want to eat those, though, <laughs> with yeah. all the chemicals. But just huge fish, man. He's bass. Hey, 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 they, you know, the good Lord loved fishermen. So there you go. Yeah. He, he called them yep. up. All right. Well, fishermen. Yeah, t- uh, Tim's uh, Worley's been with us. Tim, thank you for joining us. It's been a delight. Yes, to sir. To you. Let's go, dogs. Yes, sir. You know? Let's go, dogs. Done. Absolutely. Hey, Bill. Any Bill, anytime you want me to come on, brother, just give me a call. Give me a buzz. I'd love to join you guys. Okay. All right. Appreciate it, man. Okay. God bless you.
Dogs on Demand would like to thank Southeast Mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs, for sponsoring our program today. When the time comes to finance or refinance your home, make the smart choice and get your home loan from Southeast Mortgage. Your friends at Southeast Mortgage are ready to help you. Visit southeastmortgage.com slash UGA today for more information. Be sure to visit Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and our great interactive website, dogsondemand.com. Join us for our next program as we keep you up to date with the latest sports news from the University of Georgia and more. Until then, be safe and go dogs.